You're listening to the Adult Explore the Bible Weekly Leader Training Podcast. This podcast is designed to help teachers prepare to lead a Bible study group using LifeWay's Explore the Bible adult resources. Each week, we review the Bible passage for that week's study, examine some questions teachers may face, and give some teaching tips along the way. I'm Dwayne McCrary, your host, and today I'm being joined by Darren Clark. He's the lead graphic designer in the adult ministry area at LifeWay. Darren was with us at the beginning of this, this quarter when we looked at session two. So, Darren, thank you for joining us uh, here a little bit later on. Now we're looking at Ecclesiastes. And so I, I thank you for, for joining us today as we look at this session. Man, I'm uh, excited to jump in again. This is a good one. Uh, here we are. We're looking at Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verses 11 through 22. The main idea uh, that we're looking at here is really two things. We're trying to deal with the issue of finding balance in life and then dealing with the issue that the wise person realizes God offers wisdom to the imperfect. There's three main points that we'll be looking at. Number one is accept it. Number two is find balance. And number three is acknowledge sin. That first one, accept it, comes from Ecclesiastes 7, 11 through 14. In these verses, Solomon reminds God's people that the wise will accept whatever God allots to them realizing that God's sovereign plan will ultimately prevail. The main point for us as believers is that we can, uh, we can be sure that God's plans for us are the best. The second section in these verses is verses 15 through 18. In these verses, the main focus is finding balance. Uh, Solomon called for God's people to approach life with, a, with this wise realism. Uh, he, he wants us to avoid the extremes of either moral self-righteousness and foolishness. And he emphasized that we should not view ourselves as being righteous apart from God. The main point for us is that believers are to live reasonable and balanced lives. The last section is acknowledge sin. This is verses 19 through 22. In these verses, Solomon explained that all humans are in need of God's wisdom since none of us are perfect. He reminded God's people to take to heart every negative criticism others might make against them, knowing that they too have at times made unfair criticisms of others. In this particular section, I, the main point for us is that all people are sinners and therefore are in need of God's grace and wisdom. So that's an important thing for us to think about, about how that impacts how we feel. We'll talk more about that in a minute. Throughout this study, throughout this passage, Darren, we are confronted with the fact that we have to admit our own limits, our own sinfulness. What makes that such a challenge for us to do that? Man, pride. <laughs> and um, But I think for me, especially what I've, I've seen recently is over the last like year and a half, one of the things that God's really shown me is just acknowledgement, the guilt we, that we know, we know it, but we don't want to admit it in the sense of there's like, there's a question, like I, there's a, an evangelist I like to watch and how he shares um, the gospel. And there's a simple question he always asks people like, I mean, <laughs> it's like, and it's, that's what I love about all of this is that, you know, it just seems like a complex, deep thing, but it's not like, you know, it's like, you know, he asks, are, you know, is God happy with you or is he God, you know, angry with you? And, you know, and do you think you're a good person? You know, those kind of questions. And it's so simple. And it's like, well, when you really stop to think about it, it, you know, we have to acknowledge it. And we don't want to do that. That's what makes it, you know, such a challenge is that we don't want to admit that we have done wrong and we deserve punishment. And so, but that, what I love too, is like when he, when he talks to people, he explains, you know, that we have a conscience 
and with that con like the word conscience is con is with and science is knowledge so we are with knowledge of our sin but we don't want to admit it you know and the holy spirit is one that convicts us of it and and shows us that we're you know that we have you know violated god's laws but we don't want to admit it that's that's what makes it a challenge you know because we know we're, we're okay with everybody else admitting that yeah and it's easy to point it out in everybody else's oh, yeah. case <laughs> uh, you know, you mentioned, uh, I think when you were here with us a few weeks ago, you mentioned that you be didn't become a believer until you were in your late 20s. What kind of challenge did you experience, did you have uh, in your life relative to this idea of admitting your own sin because you were a little bit older than a lot of folks may be when they think about salvation? Oh, man. Um, see, the thing is, like, I, I even though I came to faith uh, later in life, I was 29, um, you know, I grew up in a, I won't say, I mean, in, the Christian influence was there, but, you know, I was, when I was a kid, my parents went to church, but I was like, I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't into it, but there was, you know, I look back now and I thought, no, no, it was just God's hand that protected me and brought me through a lot of things. But, you know, there were seeds that were dropped. There were, you know, so I was, I was getting influence, but, um, you know, I know I was never living for Christ and everything. I was, I was so caught up in, you know, whatever I wanted to do and right on, you know, through young adulthood. And, um, and for me, it was, you know, I wanted to do all these things, these, you know, you know, I didn't want to get into it all, but I mean, yeah. I very sinful life, you know, and, but it was no matter how much, like I didn't want to let go of it. Cause I loved the darkness, you know, it's the Bible talks about, um, I, there, the light was there showing me that I was, that I was wrong, that I knew it. I knew in, in the depths of my heart that this stuff was wrong. And I felt the sting of that sin afterwards. Um, and then, but I got I, I, through my early twenties, it was just this, I finally was, you know, breaking down because I, I was then letting go because I knew that, you know, the light was the truth. And so it just took a long time because of pride and that love for the darkness that, you know, I it wasn't until 29 that I finally, you know, relented and, and submitted my life to Christ. So, this passage, we see Solomon calling on us to admit that we are sinners. How does that, how does admitting our own sin open the door for us to find God's wisdom and God's truth? It's just I, like, I think the, the thing is kind of like what I was just saying is like, it's just, it's just, I just kind of like, it's almost like if you physically could see this, it's like, you just like, you just drop your hands. You just like, you just complete this release of, um, of what you're holding on to. Um, and then when you do, you know, admitting our sin, it, it, that, that dropping of everything and release of everything is freedom, you know? And that's, and then, cause it's almost like whatever little bit you're holding on to hinders, you know, finding God's wisdom, because we know that anything sinful, you know, hinders our, you know, relationship with God. And so, um, that's why admitting, I mean, when you admit, it's like, you you assume that it's authentic and it's, and it's true that, you know, so when you admit you're confessing and therefore it is, it is that releasing and then receiving uh releasing of the darkness and receiving the light that becomes that point of finding god's wisdom does yeah. that make sense <laughs> yeah there's a part of it too where admitting that that uh, sin is humbling mm. and 
we know from multiple places in scripture that humility is required for us to be able to go before the Father because we recognize in that context or when, we were, when we're in, in his presence that he is holy and we are far from that. And so we humbly approach him knowing that he is willing to visit with us, accept us as we are in spite of our own sin. That means we must humbly admit we are not worthy to be in his presence. Yeah. Uh, you know, what's interesting is just the other day I was sitting here, um, you know, looking at visuals for uh, an upcoming study for um, the fall 2021 study. And one of the visuals that we were, we were looking at had, um, you know, a shepherd and sheep following the shepherd. And there's it even as a believer, you know, as I've been a believer since I'm, you know, I was 29. Um, which I won't give away my age right now, but yeah. it's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's been a, um, at least six years. Yeah, but I have to admit that, like, when I'm sitting here looking at an image like that, and that's 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 a, that should be a, that is a true picture of like what we are. We're sheep, but there's a there's there was there's still a sense of, of pride in me that doesn't want to admit that I'm a sheep because uh, for many reasons because it's like it's humbling, right? Oh yeah. So you it's know the like, most the most <laughs> common. The most common thing in scripture, term or image used to define a believer or follower of God is a sheep. Sheep uh, have no defenses. They are dependent upon each other to protect each other. They've got to be in the herd. Uh, and they, they, they need that shepherd to show them where to go to stay out of trouble. Yeah, and when you talk about admitting our own sin, you're also, like in that respect, you're admitting your helplessness, right? Mm -hmm. And you need that, like you said, you need that help from the shepherd. And that's, that's, I mean, there's, I mean, that's completely goes against the ways of the world. I mean, it's like, you can do it and all the, like the self, you know, self stuff you get in from the world, which we know is, you know, from Satan, um, you know, that admitting that you are a sheep and that you are utterly dependent on the shepherd for protection, like you said, and provision and, guidance and leading to green pastures um that's humbling right and that goes back to what you said before about humbling it's a humbling thing to admit your sin admit your dependence but man that that's the only way it's like that's why i love you know john three thirty, where it's like christ must increase and i must decrease and to me the way i always think of that is like it's a, it's a scale like zero to 100 percent if 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 it's 50 percent me and 50 percent jesus then there's there's this, this is not going to work. It's like the more that I can get to zero percent me and a hundred percent Jesus, the better my life is. And so, and again, it's like admitting that you know I am totally and utterly dependent on the shepherd. There's an issue that's raised in this lesson, and it comes from some people misinterpreting what Solomon is saying here. Where he, some people think he's giving us freedom to sin, <laughs> um, where he says, you know, don't don't be too excessively righteous or whatever thing you know, he words he, he, i think that, yeah he words it verse 16 don't be excessively righteous and don't be overly wise um here's a question for us to think about and it's in the both in the personal study guide and the daily discipleship guide and that is the difference between being a religious fanatic and then being completely devoted to god i, I expect that to be something that is going to be and lead towards a great deal of discussion in our groups if we're willing to ask that question. It's printed in our resources. Um, any things that you would think of that might help us uh, help our group 
discuss that question of the difference between being a religious fanatic and being completely devoted to God? Man, um, it, it, it makes me think of the of the visual that we used in the um, in the uh, the study guide of the seesaw, the teeter totter, um, and it talks about and again the title of the lesson is you know finding balance or where is the balance and to me it's like it's that it's like in in, in the beginning of it it says this it says if we think too lowly of ourselves we see ourselves as being so broken. Uh, we are not salvageable. Um, if we think too highly of ourselves, which is kind of what you're talking about here, like being you know, overly religious and stuff, um, we see no need for God or his forgiveness. And to me, it's like that, getting that balance is so important um, because I tend to like go to the negative where it's like, I think too low of myself because I think like, oh, I've, I've done this, you know, again, and listen to the whispers of, you know, Satan, you know, kind of bring me down. You know, I'm, I'm still getting to that point where it's like, okay, how do you live with that con like confidence that we're called to have because we are children of God to where you get that, that you know, I just see the teeter-totter that just completely balanced where it's not up and down, you know, this constant back and forth of, you know, emotions rising and falling and um, but being balanced to where you have confidence, you know, absolute, you know, steadfast confidence, but also absolute humility in the sense of, you know, again, like we just said, like you're utterly dependent on the, the shepherd. And so, you know, yeah, it's, it'd be, it's very easy. And I've, I've done that myself times where I've gotten over, overly religious to where it's, you know, the self-righteousness creeps in. Um, and it's like, you know, by God's grace and his gentle hand, he's reminded me like, ah, just like, it's, I think something you just read about remembering that, you know, others, you know, need, uh, or we, um, have to be reminded that you know we were once you know egregious you know sinners towards god and by his grace you know you know we've been saved and we got to extend that grace to others and but we also got to you know i don't know it's just it's important to keep that balance in mind and that's the i think some of the hardest things to do sometimes this is solomon whose dad was david and we are we, we know david as the a man after god's own heart we're told that that's how he's defined he was a man after God's own heart. If anybody would have understood the difference between being a religious fanatic and what it looks like to be devoted to God, David would have been that person. And this is his son defining what he saw in his dad's life. At least it, it feels that way to me. He's reflecting. Most folks think Ecclesiastes is written, you know, near his, his death, at least not when he was younger but closer to when he was thinking about reflecting on, on what life is all about. So I, I, I have to think that part of what he's thinking here is I know folks who are excessively righteous. They're, they're, they're uh, legalist, but I'm, I'm the son of a man who's, who was known for being a man after God's own heart. And now I understand the difference between religious practices and devotion to God. So that may be one thing we might want to bring out when we're having that discussion. Let me just finish it with this. You've mentioned already that we've received, we've, we've received a great deal of mercy and grace and forgiveness. And that comes when we admit our own sin. When we do that, how does that impact how we treat others? When we admit our own sin, realizing God has been merciful, God's been gracious to us, he's forgiven us. How does that impact how we should treat others?
hopefully <laughs> it impacts us in the sense that we always be mindful of the grace that we've been given so that we can give that grace to others. And, um, but, you know, not getting too low in that, like I mentioned, I mean, I think some people can, you know, you know, give into the, the, the shame of that, um, which is not of God. Um, it's just a matter of having that healthy understanding how we deserve eternal damnation and hell for our sins. But by God's grace, you know, we've been saved from that. And, you know, again, nothing that we've done to earn it. Um, when we, when we fully kind of just, you know, you know, I want to say wrestle with it, but you know, we, we fully kind of get in and get into that and understand that it's humbling. And it's like, and then that to me is that gentle, we, we should have then that gentleness and respect um, especially when you, if you're talking about others, I mean, who are the others? Is it other believers? Is it, is it non-believers? And I, I, I kind of go to my, my mind to non-believers in that like when in, in the new Testament, when it talks about like treating, you know, unbelievers with gentleness and respect, um, in order to share the gospel, it's like, well, that comes from that humility, knowing that we've been given grace and we've given, we've been given eternal life that we didn't even deserve, you know? Um, that should really just create this real, not self-righteousness, not this religious, uh, you know, all-knowing kind of arrogance that you see kind of maybe in the Pharisees. Um, but man, out of love and humility, humility and concern for people, whether it's non-believers or believers, you know, um, we want to help those people um, because of that grace that we've been giving. And given. Yeah. And we have to admit it, admit that you're a sinner, admit that, you know, that <laughs> all these things yeah, the, that we're talking the, about. The longer we're a believer, the easier it is to forget what it was like to be lost, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and I think this is a good reminder for us here that we, those of us who've been believers for a long time, need to stop and remember what our life was like prior to Christ. Not to live there, but to be reminded that, that we too once were that person, whoever that person is that we think of, and that that God chose to show us mercy and grace and forgiveness. And he also can show that person mercy, grace, and forgiveness. And he may choose to do it through us. Any other thoughts or ideas you would share about this particular passage out of Ecclesiastes 7? Just to build upon what you just said, it's like, I think, you know, you know, there's one thing that Ecclesiastes does is it really hammers home in that the fact that, you know, there is nothing new under the sun. And there's like, it's like, it, it's all about this glorifying God and God's grace. And, um, and it, and we, as we're reminded by that. And as we even might start thinking like, man, well, you know, you start to get puffed up a little bit inside because of this or that, or, you know, and it, but Ecclesiastes goes through all these things and it's like knocks everything down that's under the sun. And, and it's like, it all comes back to and points to, you know, to God and, it's just, a, it's a beautiful picture when you, when you think about it. I mean, so you can, some people can say, I've heard you know, people say like, we studied it, we studied it in, in student ministry or other, other places. It's like, it's such a bummer. And, but it's like, no, it's not. I mean, just, it, it, all it does is gets you to really, it breaks down all these human things, these flesh things that, um, that keep us from being, like I said before, like that complete release of everything and admitting and, and, and purely, um, or having this pure humility um, that brings such peace um, from God, and that's I just love that that idea. It's just like that, like I said before, that zero percent and a hundred percent. 
you know? Um, and when you get to that 0%, it's, it's beautiful. Darren, thank you for being with us today. Uh, from time to time, we mentioned in this podcast, different resources in the Explore the Bible family. We'll mention the leader pack, the adult commentary, quick source, just to name a few. You can find out more about all the Explore the Bible resources on our website at goexplorethebible.com. That's goexplorethebible.com. No spaces or slashes or dashes or anything like that. Just type it straight in, goexplorethebible.com, and you'll find those resources. Thank you for listening to us this week, and we hope you'll join us again next week. We'll be looking at session 12. Tim Pollard will be joining me. We'll be looking at Ecclesiastes 9. And-